Hi there, and welcome to In My Words, Jumo's podcast series that brings the experiences of real patients directly to you. At Jumo, we provide resources for children and families to understand, manage, and own their health. Sign up for free at jumohealth.com. In my words, coping with lung cancer means, for me, it's been an opportunity to change who I am. Like, I wouldn't be the person that I am today had I not been diagnosed with lung cancer. Hi, listeners. I'm Alyssa, and welcome to our lung cancer mini series. Today's topics struggles, mental health, and coping with lung cancer. You just heard Terry Byrne. Terry is an outgoing, cheerful, and inspiring person who was diagnosed with lung cancer in 2007 at the age of 39. Terry shared with us the struggles she has faced living in a region in Australia with limited access to medical treatments and support, her mental health, and what helps her cope. My name's Terry Byrne. I'm actually 52, nearly 53 years old, which is very important because I get another birthday. I actually live in a little place called Serena Beach in Mackay in Queensland. For listeners not familiar, Serena Beach is a small community on the eastern coast of Australia. Terry went on to tell us about her family and interests. We've got five kids. We're a blended family. We've got seven grandchildren ranging from about 11, 12 down to two. We spend a lot of time together. We do a lot of fishing together and doing that sort of stuff. Family for us is, you know, getting together, having barbecues and food and celebrating just each time that we can spend together and when we can do it. We also welcome to the podcast Nicole Parkinson from Lung Foundation Australia, who talked with us about common struggles for people living with lung cancer and what people can do to help them cope. Hello, I'm Nicole Parkinson. I'm the lung cancer support nurse at Lung Foundation Australia. Uh, I've been a, an oncology nurse for 20 years now and absolutely have loved my role as being a nurse over this time and particularly have a passion for caring and looking after patients living with lung cancer and, and being able to support them. To start, Terry told us about her diagnosis with lung cancer 14 years ago. I started having the flu and within three days I just was really tired. I was just could not get out of bed. So I went to a GP locally and he told me that I had a virus to go home. Instead, Terry decided to get a second opinion. At that time I was working as a hairdresser and I was doing quite a bit of contract work and I needed to go back down south. So I said to my hubby, come on, we'll go into you know an, a hospital where they do outpatients in, in Mackay. The outpatient doctor in Mackay explained to Terry that he thought she had pneumonia. And I said, what, in three days? Like, he goes, yeah, I think you've got a bit of fluid. He said, we'll do a chest x-ray just to make sure. Terry had a chest x-ray and then a CT scan, thinking nothing of it. Then they waited for news from their doctor. As the minutes turned into hours, Terry and her husband started to think something was really not right. And then we go in and... He actually had tears in his eyes and he goes, oh, look, you know, they've found a tumour and it looks like lung cancer. So that was a bit of a your hot flush that goes from your toes to the top of your head. Like you just, you think of everyone else having it and, you, you know, you feel sorry for them, but you never think it's going to happen to you. Before Terry even had time to process her diagnosis, the doctor organised for her to see an oncologist. Since Terry lives in a part of Australia far away from any major cities, there were no specialists or cancer treatment centres nearby. 
when I was diagnosed with lung cancer, we actually had to go down to Brisbane for treatment. So the trip for that is it's a two and a half hour flight by the time you get down there and get yourself organized. The other way to do it is, and with lung patients, you actually can't fly once you have any operations done to your lungs. So you need to drive. So it would take us probably 11 to 11 and a half hours in a car to drive down, go and do our thing. And then, you know, if it's a checkup or whatever it is, then, you know, you jump in that car again and it's 11 and a half hours back, you know, if I'd had treatment done or anything done at all to my lungs. So the distance between though that regional area to metro where you need to receive the treatment, it's a long haul. And the whole time when you're in that car driving down, you're thinking, oh, is it going to be good? You know, you're praying and you're crossing your legs. Terry ended up moving to Brisbane for eight months for treatment. Her mother and daughter spent time living there with her and had family support to cover living expenses. We asked Nicole about the common struggles that people with lung cancer face, which she said could affect any aspect of a person's life, whether it's physically, mentally, socially, practically, or financially. Physical symptoms of lung cancer, particularly breathlessness, coughing, or pain, can really stop patients from participating in their normal activities of daily life and also making it hard to socialise with family and friends. And when these changes happen, Sadly, the mental health and emotional health of the patient can really suffer. And that's where feelings of, say, anger, fear, sadness, frustration, feelings of worthlessness sometimes, and all too often anxiety and depression can be experienced. Lung cancer patients are also confronted with poor survival statistics, and this means they're constantly faced with upcoming mortality, It's really like they're constantly living on the edge. Terry went on to share what she feels are the biggest challenges of being diagnosed with lung cancer. So one of the biggest challenges that you'll face is yourself, is your mental health. That's probably the biggest thing. You know, it's a constant battle. If I sit on my bed and I don't move and I cry for the day, when everyone around you goes, oh, you're so positive, Terry, you know, you're so good. And you sit there crying, you think, oh, does that mean I'm going to die faster because I'm not positive today? Does that mean that something in my body is going to, you know, be negative towards me? You're constantly battling. For people experiencing mental health challenges or going through difficult emotions like sadness, worry, anger, fear and despair, Nicole shared this advice. With the enormity and complexity of these feelings, it's really important for people living with lung cancer to recognize these feelings early and reach out for support, particularly asking your healthcare team for a referral to a psychologist or a social worker who can work with people living with lung cancer as well as their families to help develop strategies to cope with these feelings. One thing Terry did early on was see a psychologist. I thought, I have got no tools. I have not done any training in this space. I do not know what to do with my brain. So I went to a psychologist and, you know, you sit there for the first couple of times and you cry because you're sad about the disease and, you know, and for me it was more about selfish things. What was I going to miss out on and, and those sort of things. And then after about the third or fourth visit, you know, he gave me some tools Terry's psychologist encouraged Terry to exercise and also to turn her passion for food into something that would benefit her. 
Terry took her psychologist's recommendations to heart. Now she walks every day and eats in a way that is good for her body. While Terry has tools that she uses every day to help her cope, she still sees her psychologist from time to time. Sometimes you just need that pep talk or whatever it is. By working on what she calls her mental cope, Terry has learned... It's okay to be weak. It's okay to be strong. It's okay to be funny and it's okay, you know, not to be funny. It's okay to have days where you need to be by yourself and not have the family around you every day, you know. You have to be able to like yourself in this process as well because seriously, it is a lonely disease. As much as we have lots of support and our family and stuff visiting us and all that sort of stuff, no one knows what goes on the inside. We asked Nicole what she recommends to people struggling with a diagnosis of lung cancer. Some effective ways people living with lung cancer can cope with their diagnosis is really engaging in peer support and speaking to other people living with lung cancer and going through a similar situation. There are a number of peer support services out there. And look, if if peer support is not for them, definitely talking to their healthcare team, their GP or external organisations such as Lifeline and Beyond Blue to provide that emotional support and, and teach them coping strategies. Also educating themselves about their condition, learning about their type of lung cancer and treatment, that information can really empower people and, and help them be an advocate for themselves as well and definitely help with allaying fears surrounding diagnosis. And again, just having those regular discussions with loved ones and developing strategies together in coping with a lung cancer diagnosis. People living with lung cancer can also reach out to Lung Foundation Australia for information and support through a service that I run, the Lung Cancer Telephone Support Nurse Service, as well as lung cancer-specific telephone support groups. Lung Foundation Australia offers information and support services to all Australians living with a lung disease, including lung cancer, their families and carers. To find out how Lung Foundation Australia can support you, visit their website or call 1800 654 301. During our chat with Terry, she talked a lot about the challenges of living in a regional area, including the lack of peer support. Terry knew no one else who had lung cancer for many years. There was no network there for me to go and draw on to, to go and talk to other people that had the similar same cancer or anything like that. And that was really tough. Through Lung Foundation Australia, Terry has been able to expand her support network. So the Lung Foundation has been a great thing for me. That was my introduction to, you know, not so lonely area and having the opportunity to draw on those resources and have information and get that extra stuff. While Terry is surrounded with supportive people and has learned ways to cope with her lung cancer, she still has difficult emotions and difficult days. And each day, each time you have an emotion, it's different because you can be having a great day and then all of a sudden something is a trigger. It can be a song, a smell, a movement. It can be anything at all. And something brings something back and that can just, you know, even right down to a movie can promote that trigger that makes you sad and then it's like right so I'm sad how am I going to deal with this how am I going to get out of that and you know they are they're big highs and they're big lows you know you can be out shopping and all of a sudden you know you'll see someone with something you know they might be in a wheelchair and an oxygen tank and and you think 
that's me. That's where I'm going to end up. And then it's like, oh, Lordy. So then you start, you know, you get tears in your eyes and it's like, oh. So then you go to the bathroom, you're sitting in the bathroom and you're crying. And then you think, you know, that doesn't have to be you. So I could get up, wash my face in the bathroom, I'll walk out and I go back shopping again and, you know, go and buy some whatever groceries or whatever I do. But it's okay to have that moment and it's okay to go home at night and say to my husband, you know, I sat in the toilet today, I was bawling my eyes out because, you know, I saw this or something happened. When you have a difficult emotion, sharing with your loved ones what happened and how you feel is important to help them understand what you are going through. And it's important for them to understand and it's important for you to communicate that because they don't understand when something like that happens. When it happens a few times, you know, they get the skills then to be able to not assist you, but just to hold your hand on that journey because that's hard for them too. They don't know, you know, it's not, there's no handbook to say as a husband or as a partner or as a child, this is your handbook for dealing with people with cancer. Like there's nothing like that out there. So, you know, as long as you explain your emotions and you, you know, explain to them your journey, that gives them tools then to go through that with you. You're not by yourself with that stuff as well. Terry said what also helps her get through difficult days is having a plan, even if it is doing something small. Personally, like the last few days, I've done it really tough at home. Each morning I get up, I make myself get up and I do something. I plan something for the day. So whether it's I walk upstairs and I make sure I cook breakfast and I do the dishes and then I can go back and lie down on my bed for the day if that's my sad day. We also talked to Nicole about feelings and concerns people with lung cancer may have about their cancer treatment. Patients definitely have concerns uh, about treatment and potential side effects that they may experience. And some of the most common fears include that feeling of loss of control and really not knowing what side effects to expect from their treatment. Some other common fears for people living with lung cancer surround appearance changes such as hair loss or possibly scars from procedures as well. Also changes in sexuality and intimacy with partners can really be a a worry for them as well. And just general feelings of that heightened anxiety surrounding a treatment or a procedure and particularly waiting for test and scan results to come back. While Terry has had multiple procedures to treat her cancer, including four lung surgeries, two courses of chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and several other treatments as well, she has this to say. So for me, treatment's hope. You know, it's tough. You know, you don't feel good. You know, you're sick. You're tired. It does so many bad things to your body, but it's still an opportunity for life to live and to see another day and to have more time with your family. If you do have concerns about your treatment or side effects, Nicole shared this advice. I really encourage them to report their feelings to their treatment team, particularly their oncologist, their GP or nursing staff at their treating centre, if they have a treating centre. Particularly, a lot of patients could benefit from seeing a, say, a psychologist or a social worker for some mental health support. And these health professionals are great at providing these referral pathways for them. And again, taking the time to sit down with family and friends and and have those difficult discussions, letting them know your worries and concerns and how they could help you. And family are always looking at ways of wanting to know how they can support the patient to the best of their ability. Talking to other people who have gone through treatment as well may help. 
When looking for ways to cope with lung cancer, it's important to remember to do things you enjoy and find relaxing too. As Nicole put it, Another strategy people living with lung cancer could try to help overcome some of those overwhelming feelings associated with lung cancer is to try relaxation techniques such as mindfulness or self-compassion techniques. This might include listening to a mindfulness podcast or app, distracting themselves through reading books, playing relaxing music, watching a favourite TV show or, or even trying yoga and meditation. Research shows that when patients are relaxed and less anxious, they can really focus better and make more educated decisions. To conclude, we asked Terry to share what coping with her lung cancer means for her. For me, it's been an opportunity to change who I am. Like I wouldn't be the person that I am today had I not been diagnosed with lung cancer. And it's given me more of myself to give to my kids and to make me a better person with them and to love them more and spend more quality time. You know, we take everything for granted around us. Lung cancer for me has given me, you know, not taking things for granted. So it's made me a better person. I would never be as strong or as weak or as funny as I am now had it not happened to me. Thank you, Terry Byrne and Lung Foundation Australia's lung cancer support nurse, Nicole Parkinson, for being on the podcast. As we heard, lung cancer can present unique challenges, but there are ways to cope with it and there is support. A good place to start is Lung Foundation Australia. In the next episode, we'll hear Michael Eitel and Nicole Parkinson talk about the impact of lung cancer on relationships and what you can do to build a support network that's right for you. See you next time. This episode was created using excerpts from our interviews with Terry Byrne and Lung Foundation support nurse Nicole Parkinson. This episode has been kindly supported by Lung Foundation Australia and sponsored by Bristol Myers Squibb. Thanks for listening. Interested in hearing something special or want us to help share your story? Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time. The health information contained in this podcast is provided for educational purposes only and is not intended to replace discussions with a healthcare provider. In My Words is produced in New York City and distributed worldwide. In My Words, a Jumo production.